You are listening to First in Human, where we interview industry leaders and investors to learn about their journey to inhuman clinical trials. Presented by Vile, a tech-enabled CRO. Hosted by co-founder Andrew Bracken, with episodes launching weekly on Tuesdays and Thursdays. For episode 17, we catch up with Dr. Torsten Schroeder, founder and chief medical officer of Perfood. Stay tuned to find out what Dr. Schroeder's opinion is on the future of personalized medicine and what that looks like. Hi, this is First in Human. I'm Andrew Bracken, the co-founder of Vile. Vile is a next-generation CRO built for biotech, offering faster and more efficient clinical trials for biotech companies. Today, I'm here with Torsten Schroeder, the founder and CMO of Perfood. Hi, Torsten. Hi, very nice meeting you. My name is Thorsten. I'm a trained physician, and now I serve as chief medical officer and co-founder at Perfood. We are a Germany-based company developing digital therapeutics, and we base that on personalized nutrition. It's incredibly interesting stuff. Why don't you tell us more about your background? How did you start Perfood? As I said, I'm a trained medical doctor and a very engaged researcher. So I was classically pursuing a career in a university hospital, and I was working in the field of metabolic medicine. So diabetes and internal medicine and we were starting doing research so that's how it all started but we founded the company five and a half years ago and roughly one or two years before we started to learn about personalized nutrition and its opportunities to improve nutritional medicine and so we started to think about how can we use personalized nutrition to bring effective treatments to patients in various diseases and somehow at the end, we ended up founding a company and not doing that in the university. And so we founded Perfood as a spin-off from the University of Lübeck here in the north of Germany, more specifically from the Institute of Nutrition Medicine. And it all started with setting up a founder team and bringing all the expertise you need for medicine and science and software development to tackle this problem and evolve personalized nutrition. You have to know that approximately 80% of all the chronic diseases are very strongly related to nutrition and that you can use nutrition on the other side to really treat these diseases. So from just a medical standpoint, it's really clear that you have to find good ways to bring nutrition as effective therapies to the patients. And another thing is that um, research has shown that the maximum of 30%, presumably even less, of how you metabolize a food after you've intaken it is determined by the food itself. So the majority of the reasons why you have, for instance, a good or bad metabolic reactions after you've eaten is determined by factors from the person, like genetics or microbiome and a lot of other factors. So the way how we usually do nutrition is that we tell people this food is healthy and this food is not healthy for you, but we can only address 30% of the reaction because the rest comes with the person. So what we do is that we try to analyze data from each person and use that to personalize dietary recommendations and that to use in the treatment of various diseases. Super interesting. How exactly does the product work? Do I get a test kit that I take home as a patient? Is it prescribed by a doctor? Yeah, it's actually both. We have multiple products that may be working differently a little bit, but in general, we really focus on glucose reactions because you know that glucose reactions after meal intake is something which you can very well use to personalize and is easy accessible. And if you monitor your own glucose levels, is something you learn a lot from. 
And our products usually look in a way that you indeed start with a test phase. Usually the test phase in our products is two weeks long. And in that test phase, you continuously monitor your glucose levels using glucose monitors. And we um, normally get the patients to have access to our applications. And with that application, they can record a lot of symptoms, what they eat, how they slept, how they felt. And depending on the disease, we are dealing with disease-specific symptoms. So our leading indication is migraine. And our migraine product works in such a way that the patients with migraine start with a test phase. And there they not only recall glucose, but also nutrition and all this migraine symptoms. So basically headaches and nausea and how migraine interferes with their daily life. And with all these data, after the two-week test space, we are then able to get a personalized report. So our algorithms use all these data to then calculate the best way that the patient can stay on a low glycemic diet. So basically a diet which keeps the blood sugar reactions very low. And then depending in migraine, for instance, um, we have then a 12-week phase in which the patients just learn to adapt to this new way of eating and to bring step-by-step these new recommendations in their everyday life. My understanding is your product is available today in Germany. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. So it's like a digital therapeutic. So it means that this is a software-designed to bring evidence-based therapies to patients. So in Germany, we have, first of all, stick to this um, medical device regulations from the EU. And then we have a very interesting path in Germany. We can apply for being a DIGA. DIGA is a German abbreviation, and it means basically something like a prescription digital therapeutic. And the great thing in Germany is that we have something like a centrally organized healthcare system so now, as we receive this approval status to be a DIGA, all the patients in Germany who are insured can get access without paying for that to our digital therapeutic. And basically, they would go to their physician and together with the physician decide, now, should I take some pill to treat my migraine or as an alternative or as an addition to that, shall I use that new novel digital therapeutic? And they would get that on prescription and just would have basically free for them, but it's covered by the health insurance. So this is really unique. And this is really interesting because now we can really make good medicine with digital therapeutics because you know that it's easy for patients and easy for physicians to get access to that. Absolutely. How have physicians reacted to prescribing your digital therapeutic? How have patients reacted? Obviously, I think it's critical to inform the physician and have them distribute your products, right? Yes, absolutely. You basically have two customers, right? You have, on the one hand, the physician as a customer because the physician has to endorse the therapy and at the end prescribe it. But you also have the patient being like the customer really using that product. And it's like a lifestyle intervention. So the patient has to be doing that and taking part and being willing to change their lifestyle according to the advice. And physicians, really, they play an important role to make patients also aware of that. So they have to promote that and just give to patients the knowledge about this as an opportunity, because this is very new. We have that for two and a half years in Germany. So thinking healthcare means two and a half years is just very short time. You need just more time to educate physicians and patients. But what we really liked to learn is that physicians easily see the benefit of a digital therapeutic. 
because you have a lot of opportunities to treat diseases with pharmaceuticals, and this is very good. But pharmaceuticals also have very often side effects, and not all the patients tolerate pharmaceutical interventions. And very often patients ask for alternatives to that. And now the physician has a digital therapeutic, which is approved by a authority. So it's very easy for the physician to be sure that this is something they can trust and they can be sure that this really brings an effective treatment to the patients. And we learned that physicians are very open doing that. On the other hand, we also learned that a lot of physicians still have to be educated about this new form of treatment. So it's both. We have openness, but we have still a lot of physicians who have to be educated. How have you educated them? I know this is a huge challenge for any new therapeutic and new biotech company that gets to market. Yes, absolutely. It's an everyday challenge, and we try every day to teach physicians in several ways. One very classical thing is to go to congresses and to make events or to have a stand on a congress and just to talk to physicians and explain what we've come up with and show them the data from our studies we've published. Then, of course, we like to give talks because physicians have to be educated and have to educate themselves. So in Germany, they have to collect education points. And so very often they really like being online and talk for one hour and learn about new approaches. So these are the two classical things. And then also physicians are very active in the internet and social media, for instance. So we have a lot of advertisement in social media for the patients on the one hand, but also for the physicians to just tell them about this new um, way. And we are a very physician dominated founders group. So three out of five founders were at the beginning physicians. So we have an own network and we talk about with our friends and families. And it's a little bit mouth to mouth, social media, Congress work, education. And yeah, it's a lot of tasks. But then, of course, the physician can talk about their colleagues as well about this new technique. And so it's getting, it's growing bigger, actually. That's amazing. Given the kind of nascent and unique nature of digital therapeutics, what are the biggest challenges you've seen in running clinical trials within today's existing infrastructure? Yeah, first of all, recruitment is a big challenge in studies and also having enough trial physicians and having enough physicians who can offer enough study visits. So basically, it's like the same challenge you would face in a classical clinical trial with pharmaceuticals. But what is different, though, is that as this is a digital therapy, um, you can easily digitally approach your patients. So what we do is that we recruit our patients online and use the same channels I was talking about, like social media, for instance, to get out this um, information about this study. And this still is a challenge, but as compared to classical trials, we are quicker we have already included 800 patients in a study in Germany out of 1,000 studies. And imagining to do that in a classical setting would take years, I assume. But this is like the classical setup. What is cool is that we hear, especially in our migraine product, have a product which is easily organized remotely because you don't need to draw blood, for instance. In, in migraine, you can get a lot of information with questionnaires. So we basically run a decentralized study. And I think this is a very effective and innovative way of doing clinical trials. For sure. That makes that makes a lot of sense. I think the existing kind of 
research site model might be less suited for a digital therapeutic. Can you tell us about, you know, your plans of expanding into the US, obviously very pertinent to many folks listening. What are you exploring in terms of new indications and how you'll break into the US market? How does US think of digital therapeutics as well compared to Germany? I mean, there are various aspects, right? One aspect is like the disease. First of all, when we talk about migraine, epidemiology and the individuals as well as the societal burdens of migraine is very similar between the US and Germany. And we know that in the US and Germany, we share a lot of lifestyle circumstances. So I think that's just as a prerequisite from the disease and the circumstances makes it plausible that our migraine device would thrive in the U.S. as it does currently in Germany. And we learned that in the U.S., the patients have the same thinking that they want to be on the driver's seat to tackle their problems and the disease. So patients are really open in the U.S. as has smaller research evolved so far. And secondly, we started to talk with migrant experts in the U.S. and just to ask, would a U.S. physician think about that kind of treatment? And here also we learn that they also think that this is something of a need and this is something which could be of high effectiveness, but also high interest for the migrant patients they usually deal with. So what we basically want to do is to use all these assumptions and all our contacts and network to bring that device to the U.S. and start with smaller studies, as you would normally do with a medical device, doing trials and just work on your hypotheses and then get in contact with the patients. At the end, really using that product and giving us feedback to adapt that product step-by-step to a U.S. Americanized version. That makes sense. We actually just announced Dr. Stuart Tepper to our SAB, and he's kind of a leader in headache medicine, so maybe we should connect the dots there for your yeah, future perfect. U.S. studies, yeah. Actually, I've met Dr. Tepper in Vienna just a couple of weeks back on a Congress, and we exchanged already emails, so... Yeah, he's really we, impressive. We, we may have the same contact there, so that sounds That's really great. interesting. Well, I'm incredibly excited by what you guys are doing, and I'm excited for you to come to the U.S. as a uh, U.S. patient, and I think there's a lot of opportunity for what you're doing. What do you think the future of personalized medicine looks like? And what advice do you have for biotech companies looking to build in that space? Every day, we more and more learn about the individuality of people, right? And how differently and individually people interact with their environments. And this is, of course, food, for instance, but also the way how pharmaceuticals act on the body is very individual. So with more and more data, we will have it more and more easy increasingly we will be in the position to perfectly tailor treatments to the patients and to their requirements. So I assume that in the future, we will have more products dealing with personalized interventions. We will have easier products because more and more data make more and more predictions effective. So you maybe don't have to interact in all the products with a lot of sensors, but you can rely on lesser numbers of input data. And what really is interesting that each data set, this understanding of diseases grows and we can easily and more and more understand patterns. And with all these advancements in artificial intelligence, this will really change the way how patients can get access and use and interact with effective treatments. And biotech companies, I think that you should be open for such kinds. And I think everybody should look in trials, not only for the mean, but also for the outliers, right? Very often you see in studies 
people responding better than the mean, but also people responding not so well as the mean. And for these outliers, you have to make effective treatments as well. But the way how um, clinical science is shaped is that we try to find an intervention group in which the mean is better than the mean of the control group. But they forget that people are individuals and have distinct requirements. And we should also try to think more from, from the patient, not so much from the pharmaceutical, for instance. Absolutely. It's a super interesting point. Well, thanks so much for the time today, Torsten. Excited about your continued expansion and uh, success as you grow the business. So I really appreciate the time. Thanks a lot. Um, it was a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Apple, Spotify, and Google 